Burnout is real, but what if we could prevent burnout altogether? Now, in this episode, I get real about my history with burnout. Tune in and learn the difference between physical, mental, emotional burnout, why burnout is really just a symptom of something deeper, the number one mistake most entrepreneurs make when it comes to building their businesses, the importance of understanding your energy cycles and what an energy cycle really is, and how to prevent burnout and build a business that nourishes you. Now, my new book, Potent Leadership, will be released this summer. If you have yet to do so, get on the book waitlist at rubyframon.com forward slash book waitlist, or you can text hashtag book launch to 1781-336-0160. Now, if you want to connect outside of social media, I invite you to join my email community. No spam. It's just good information. You can do that by heading to rubyfremon.com forward slash connect. Or if you want to talk about the things that social media doesn't want us to talk about, join me on Telegram in my leaders community. And that is rubyfremon.com forward slash Telegram. And then finally, you can also just shoot me a text, just hashtag TTL to 1781-336-0160 to stay in touch via text message. This phone number and all the links will be in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Whether you are a loyal thought leader or a brand new listener, please, please, please take a moment right now, hit pause and download a few episodes. I recommend three and drop a rating and review on iTunes. All of these downloads, ratings, and reviews help me get this podcast to more leaders in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now it is time to talk about burnout. Welcome to today's thought leader, where I'm challenging you to rise up, speak up and create a movement. I'm your host, Ruby Freeman, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to gain visibility, build a cult following, and create impact while increasing your income. Join me every week as I dive into raw and real conversations that will help you amplify your presence, influence, and impact. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready, thought leaders, and let's make shit happen. Hey, thought leaders, and welcome to another episode of today's thought leader. I was literally at a loss for what to talk about today. And then I had a few conversations with people and then realized that, wow, a lot of my conversations lately have been with people who are expressing the same thing. So I want to talk about it because there's definitely something in the air and we're going to be talking about today's burnout. And as an entrepreneur, as a leader, we especially feel this or business owners, like we feel this um, because we place such high expectations on ourselves. And also we don't depend on a paycheck. And so we are in charge of creating our income. And that puts a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform, to get results, to achieve, 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 to make money, to earn more, to build, to scale all the things. And 
often we end up in a place of burnout and these conversations I've been having with people recently, these aren't people who don't take care of themselves. These are people who take really great care of themselves, but have found themselves in a place of burnout, which got me thinking, what is it really that gets us to the state of burnout? And is there a way for us to really prevent burnout altogether? Because how awesome would that be? Right? So let's talk about burnout. Um, now, again, if you're a business owner, a leader, an entrepreneur, I am guessing that you have experienced burnout at least once or twice uh, in your life and um, understand how detrimental it can be in, in so many different ways um, to your business, to your well-being, to the people around you. Um, there's definitely a mental, emotional, and physical impact that it has. And it happens. And when we find ourselves in that place, <laughs> we can often get into this state of resistance, right? Like we're resisting the burnout and we make it worse and we perpetuate these feelings until we get to a place where we really just can no longer function. Been there, done that, right? Many times I've been there, done that. And, um, if you're new to the podcast, or maybe you've been listening for a while, but don't really know a lot of my story with burnout, um, I definitely have a history of burnout. I am no stranger to feeling exhausted and depleted. And uh, without going too much into human design, um, your human design uh, definitely can share, can offer you more insight in regards to, um, your energy reserves and, and how you work and how you operate. Uh, for me, I'm a projector and we are one of the non-energy types, meaning, uh, we need a lot of rest and a lot of refueling and my entire life. Well, first of all, if you're interested in human design, definitely go check it out. Um, my, my husband is a manifesting generator. So we're kind of like the opposites attract couple. He can go, go, go. Um, seemingly with no stop and end. And I do not have that much energy and require a lot of rest. So it, it can be also really frustrating to live with someone or to be around people who operate differently because we place those expectations on ourselves. So again, without going too much further into human design, if you're interested in learning more, definitely go check that out um, and dive into your human design and just figure out what is your design to give you some insights on your energy, but there's so much more that I want to talk about outside of human design. Um, and I want to talk about our energy cycle. So let me share a bit more about my history with burnout. Um, and in order to do that, I need to offer you some context first. So I grew up in a household. Um, I'm Indian Punjabi Sikh and my parents, you know, they're not like super traditional. My mom is definitely more traditional than my dad. My dad was born in, born in India, raised in the UK. My mom was born and raised in India. So, um, our culture, I'm going to say our culture, not our religion, our culture has, um, or used to hold when I mean, we're all starting to break free from this mold. Um, but our culture held a very specific perception of what women do, what men do, how we show up, what we can say, how we're all, how we're meant to operate, even the careers that we're meant to have. Like there are these really crazy expectations placed upon us. And in my household, I 
witnessed my dad, you know, growing up, I witnessed my dad being the main income earner, the sole income earner, um, taking care of us very, very dedicated and devoted to his work. He loves his work. Like that, that's, he's not one of those like grinding for no purpose. My dad fucking loves what he does. It's, it's super passionate about real estate and, and development. He just loves it. And so that was great. I grew up seeing, uh, a parent who was very, very passionate about what they did and really saw that as their purpose. Um, but he also worked his ass off and still works his ass off hustles, working long hours, um, often foregoing time with family. Uh, I wouldn't say that he was a non-present father, but he definitely missed out on, you know, some things and prioritized work a lot. Uh, and then my mom, she was a stay at home mom. And she was the type of mom that when she'd pick you up from school, you'd come home and there would be freshly baked cookies or freshly baked cupcakes, something freshly baked. Um, she just always took care of us in that way, always nurturing. I mean, she literally sees her purpose as taking care of all of us. Um, and so I had this really um, crazy polarizing view of what it takes to create monetary success and business and what it takes to really nurture the household. And I would like to say that I'm a good mix of both my mom and dad, although I've definitely taken on some of the extremes of how they show up. So for me, I started to really take on the belief that success requires hard work, that success requires sacrifice, that in order to reach your goals, you need to be super dedicated all the time. Go, go, go. Um, and you're going to have to make some sacrifices. I didn't see what it would be, would be like to be a working woman, a working professional, or even, you know, a working mother. I didn't understand that. I didn't have that frame of mind. And so by the time I reached the age of 15, uh, which in British Columbia at the time, which is where I was born and raised, um, that was a legal age at the time for me to work and get a job. Now I didn't need to get a job. You know, my dad did really well for himself and uh, was able to provide for us it, in exceptional ways. I really did not need to work. My dad didn't want me to work. Um, he wanted me to just focus on school, but I wanted to work. I wanted to experience what my dad was experiencing. I wanted to also experience just the freedom of earning my own money and being in charge of my own life. So I started working at the age of 15 and from, and I went to school, I went to college while working, paid my way through college didn't finish college. Um, that's another story. And, you know, from the age of 18 is when I started working in financial institutions in the banks. And I thought that was my career hustle, 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 keep going, you know, my eyes on the prize, just like my dad, that that's what I saw. I want to be successful. This is what I have to do. Um, but I wasn't even passionate about the finance industry. I was just doing it because I saw this as a great way to create success. Um, and, be an acceptable route for me to take to be accepted by my family and our culture. But when you fall into something, 
um, that isn't really feeling, isn't really your purpose or doesn't feel purposeful to you. It doesn't feel meaningful to you. It doesn't, it isn't something that you're really passionate about when you fall into that and start doing that line of work, when you do that, a line of work that you're not really passionate about, you will burn out period. Like you just will, because in this case, you may not experience the physical burnout right away, but you're going to visit, you're going to experience the mental and emotional burnout and the mental emotion, the mental burnout comes from not stimulating your mind in a way that really excites you. And the emotional burnout comes from going to a job that you just don't fucking like each and every single day right? You're doing something you don't like. So you start to experience those forms of burnout, which will then manifest in your physical body. So for me, I started working financial institutions and then I started exploring more creative avenues. Um, you know, makeup artistry, I became an aesthetician. I did a lot of different things. I had a lot of different jobs. Um, I, I always joke around with clients and say, like, I've had probably like 12 different careers in my life. Um, but it's true. And every career that I've had, I've really given it my all, but it, I would reach a breaking point emotionally and mentally. And it was the emotional mental burnout of doing something that doesn't feel aligned, something that doesn't feel like the thing that I really am here to do, or the thing that really lights me up. Right. And eventually I started my own social media marketing business was exceptionally good at it. I acquired clients, um, with so much ease, they would just come to me and the money was flowing. Things were going well, but here I am. It's like 2000. And I think this was about 2014. Uh, my business is doing really, really well. I just moved to the U S just got married and boom, I hit a fucking wall and I hit it so damn hard that I didn't even know what hit me. I had no idea that I was operating on fumes. And this is what happens to many people. We go, go, go. Sometimes in, in work that doesn't feel aligned, or maybe it's, you are following your purpose, but you're running programs or, or offerings that aren't aligned or don't let you up but you will hustle, 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 go, go, go. Um, and then you hit this wall and ask yourself, where the fuck did this wall come from? <laughs> and, and that was me in 2014. I ended up um, getting diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. The adrenal fatigue was real. And I worked out this plan with my naturopath and healed my adrenal fatigue holistically, but it required me really taking some time away from my desk not really working, uncovering more of like, well, is this really what I want to do? Like really starting to explore that. And that's when I started to get into coaching. And that was the end of 2014, 2015. But because again, I, I was raised to believe that success requires hard work. You have to operate a certain way to get a certain thing, um, to, to create certain results. So I took my coaching business, which I knew I was like, this is my fucking purpose. This is what I, I am so passionate about. This is what I want to do. This feels amazing. I want to serve in this way and I want to serve powerfully, but I took that old operating system and I installed it into my coaching business. So, and 
I also, this is really important to remember to, to mention is that I also started following the rules and guidelines of other experts, quote unquote experts in the industry, telling you how to build a business, not really fully understanding my own energy cycles or understanding that I might operate differently than someone else. And instead feeling like shit about myself because I couldn't keep up with everyone else. So I continued building uh, this coaching business and actually experienced some really fucking phenomenal success within my first two years of business. Like I got tons of media exposure, tons of podcasts, spoke on stages, and then started developing my own three-day live event. And for anyone who does or did live events, you understand how much goes into it. And I have a background in events production, um, another career from another lifetime. And I really just wanted to merge my passion for events and production with my passion for personal development. But what people didn't see behind the scenes is that this three-day event that I would host in LA with upwards of 100 people, this three-day event took eight months of preparation, of organization, of production. It was insane. So on top of my coaching clients, I had this like eight month production for this three day event. I mean, there was just a lot of everything felt good in that it was exciting and I loved what I was doing. However, I started to feel the burnout in my physical body this time. So before it was like the mental, emotional, this time it was the physical body. I started to experience like really weird um, flare-ups of my gut issues. I started to experience intensified gut issues, a deep, deep exhaustion, a lot of other health issues that were just inexplainable. And again, seemingly coming out of nowhere, but there is always something happening in our lives that is triggering our bodies, minds, and, and spirit to respond in this way. That's what you need to understand. Your, the physical symptoms, the emotional symptoms, the, the mental symptoms, everything that you're experiencing is a response to something. It's being triggered to some, by something that you're doing and a way in which you're operating. And this is what leads to burnout. So by the time 2018 rolled around, I was just fucking done. I went on my plant medicine journey, which I'm still deep in that space. Um, but what that also taught me was to really start to peel back the layers of programming that I've adopted in terms of like what it really takes to create success. And one, uncover what does success really mean to me? Super important question for you to answer for yourselves. Like, what does success really mean to you? What does it look like to you? Because I assure you, our definitions of success are very different. And we each get to have our own def definition of success. But the other question I need to ask is like, what is it that I need in order to operate at my best? And how does it feel to operate at my best? Because at this point in time, I was not operating at my best. I thought I was but I wasn't. And so it took this uh, period of just slowing the fuck down, taking programs and offers and my digital course, like things off my plate for me to almost start back at ground zero to offer myself some space and some grace to really start to peel back the layers of programming, to peel back the belief systems, to get to, un to, to uncover who I was and what I really needed outside of what people were telling me I needed or how people were telling me I need to operate my business. 
because there's this weird, well, weird. I'm just going to say there's this fucked up, um, way of building business that our industry has. And it's like, most people build the business and then attempt to fit the business. Like most people will say, well, I want this kind of a lifestyle. So I'm going to build this business. And then they try and fit that business, but you've got that backwards. You need to build a business that fits you and the lifestyle that you need to be leading right now in order to operate at your best. Like that's how it works. And this is how we lead ourselves into these incredible lives that feel super aligned with who we are. So when we talk about energy, you know, everything is energy. Um, but we don't talk enough about the fact that we as human beings do not have a limitless supply of energy, but somehow we expect ourselves to have a limitless a supply of energy, or we feel that it's expected of us. Um, but there is duality in everything, including our energy. So just think about the ocean, just like the tides of an ocean, we also ebb and flow. Now to ebb is when the tide moves away from land and to flow is when the tide comes in. So the tide is always moving. It's always flowing, but it's flowing in and out. And this is what our energy, how our energy cycles work. It flows in and out, which means that the ebb isn't a negative thing. But the one of the number one reasons we reach such serious degrees of burnout is because we start to view the ebb as a negative thing. We start to look at it as like, this thing that's getting in the way of our success. Like, oh, if only I had more energy or, oh, if only... I, I didn't feel like shit. And we bypass that and we try and do more or, or, or put a, a, a little temporary bandaid on that instead of actually addressing the trigger beyond the symptom, because what you're feeling is a symptom that was triggered by something much deeper. And so Burnout really happens when you're not honoring the ebb and flow of your own energy. And you might not be honoring the ebb and flow of your energy because you have yet to really acknowledge your energy cycles. And this was where I was at prior to 2018 is I wasn't really honoring or acknowledging my energy cycles. I didn't even understand how my energy worked. Instead, I was just really fucking frustrated that I didn't work. I didn't seem to operate the same as a lot of other people with this, who seemingly had endless sources of energy. And may I remind you that what you see on Instagram is really just a snippet of someone's life. Okay. Uh, so we all have different energy cycles and human design can definitely act as a blueprint to support you. And for me, it really just helped validate what I was feeling. Like I always knew I needed more sleep and I couldn't work endless hours like many people. And, um, I just needed a lot of downtime, a lot of rest and understanding my human design helped me feel more validated for that. So for example, um, what I have learned over the past few years is that I really work best when I work short days and start early. I work best when I move my body in the morning instead of in the evening. So when I have my workouts in the morning, first thing, that's when I work out the best. That's when my body feels the best. That's when I operate the best throughout the day and focus. I used to think that I was an exceptional 
juggler of many things. I used to think that I was a multitasker. And what I've grown to realize is that I would multitask only because I thought I, that only because I expected myself to do that. It actually wasn't serving me to multitask and I wasn't giving anything a hundred percent. In fact, I was actually feeling super distracted, even though we think we're exceptional multitaskers, it's important to acknowledge that maybe you're not. And so for me, I work best when I focus on one thing at a time. Um, I also require a lot more sleep, um, especially than my husband. Like I used to think it could operate on five or six hours sleep, but I actually need a minimum of seven hours sleep. It's crazy. I need a minimum of seven hours sleep to feel really like a really good human being. Um, and so by understanding these basic foundational things on like how I can feel my best, I started to optimize my life in these ways and my self-care became super non-negotiable. Um, see for a long time, I tried to operate against my energy cycles. I tried to push and force for going my own needs, for going my self-care and even feeling shitty about needing so much time to myself. Um, for example, like uh, we in our house, me and my husband, we go to bed between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Monday to Friday or yeah. And then on the weekend, sometimes we'll stay up till like 10 p.m. And that's it. That's like a late night for us. And so when there are events during the week and it's on a week night, and it goes until 9 p.m., I won't go. And I used to feel bad about saying no to these things. So I, I'd have FOMO and I would just say yes and go. And then my whole fucking week would be disrupted because I was exhausted the next morning. Um, also, uh, I don't, I feel quite drained when I'm around a lot of people. So by understanding that, by understanding that being around a lot of people drains me, that I actually need a lot of sleep, that I need to sleep early, I started becoming unapologetic about that. And I just started saying no to things and dropping the shame around that because I knew that in saying no, I was saying yes to me. And that sounds corny and cheesy, but it's the truth, right? We often say yes to things because of our fear of missing out or because we don't want to disappoint other people. We don't want to be seen a certain way. We don't want people to perceive us as, as in a certain way. But for me, it's like, fuck it. Like I value my sleep. So I'm going to stay home and get enough sleep and feel really fucking amazing for the rest of the week. But if you want to hang out on the weekend, let me know. Um, so after hitting the wall over and over and over again in my life, I just started to really uncover my own needs and became unapologetic about my needs. And that's what I invite you to do is to really uncover your needs and become unapologetic about those things. Like do not negotiate your needs, let go of the shame that you might feel about taking care of yourself or about operating different than other people and shift your business to fit you. That was like the best thing I could have done over the last few years. I've shifted my business to fit me in the lifestyle that I need to live in order to operate at my best, right? Sometimes we build these businesses to fit a vision board lifestyle that in actuality, if we live that lifestyle would run us to the ground. Like, is that really what you fucking want? Or is that what you think you want because other people want it? 
So for me, it was like getting clear on what I wanted. I want to have a business that I can like leave my desk at 4 p.m. every day and then go nourish myself, a business where I can start, you know, I don't start having client calls until maybe 10 a.m., where maybe I have one day where I focus on client calls only, and that's it. Like I started to build the business to fit me to fit my values, to fit my needs, to fit the lifestyle that I needed in order to sustain my energetic cycle, to nourish myself. And this is what I'm inviting you to do. Like, is your business actually nourishing you? Is your, or does your business, are you, let me reward this. Is your business actually nourishing you? Is it fitting the life that you need to lead in order to be at your best? Or is your business taking away from that? Is your business draining you? Is it pushing you or forcing you to operate in ways that go, that just don't fucking feel good? Now is the time for you to start looking at that because the world's a shit show, right? Everything's going to shit. This is a great time to rebuild. This is the best time to rebuild. Because the world isn't operating the same. So why should you? So use this time to shift your business. And it might not be big shift. It might be these minor little shifts that you make here and there, little tweaks, letting go of certain programs, maybe instilling some stronger boundaries. I've had clients shift their entire business by just implementing stronger boundaries with their time. And that's it. And that did it for them. Um, see, most people underestimate the impact that your well-being has on your business. Um but the truth is your well-being is the foundation that supports your energy and the energy is what you need to lead your business. So the boundaries are really, really important. And that's like boundaries on sleep, on nourishment, on the amount of time you're spending with people. Um, so let's talk about your needs, right? Here are some questions that you can definitely take and journal on later um, or right now. Uh, what do you need to feel your best physically, emotionally, and spiritually? How many of our, how many hours of sleep do you need? What types of food do you need that help you feel at your best? How much food, um, how much off time or downtime do you need? And that includes screen time. And what does that look like? Like, what does off time look like to you? What does downtime look like to you? And I'm going to give an example because I think that the personal development industry shames this way too fucking much. Like the whole Netflix shit. Look, my off time my downtime looks like marathons on Netflix or watching movies. That's what it looks like because I literally like my brain needs a break from everything. And this is the way that I can give myself this break. The other way that I get really great off time and downtime is spending time in nature. So those are my two methods of really taking care of myself in my off time and downtime is like Netflix and chill or going out in nature, going for a hike, spending time in the park. Um, And then the other question that you need to ask yourself is, do you feel energized by being around other people? And this includes clients, or do you feel drained? Because if you feel drained by being around a lot of people, then maybe one to many isn't going to be the best business plan for you, even though your current business coach or the business guru that you're following is suggesting that you do this. I am telling you, 
if you find it exhausting to be around a lot of people, then one to many isn't going to be for you. This is how I came to the conclusion that intimacy is what's going to rock my world in my business. So my group programs are like a max of 10. My retreats are a max of 10. That's when I feel the most energized, the most present, the most joy when I'm just around a smaller group of people. So really start to uncover what these needs are. Um, this is going to help you cultivate a deep understanding of your energy cycles by uncovering your needs and then build your business, build your business to support your needs and to fit the lifestyle that your energy needs today. Not the lifestyle that you're hoping to get at some point in time, but the lifestyle and that your energy needs right now. And let this become non-negotiable. We burn out because we negotiate our needs, period. That's just it. We burn out because we negotiate our needs. So as a leader, as an entrepreneurial leader, it is your responsibility to take care of your needs because without you, there is no mission. There is no purpose. There is no vision. There is no business. So if you want to prevent burnout, you've got to get really fucking clear on your energy cycles. And that can only happen by really uncovering your needs. So if you find after answering these questions and listening to this podcast, that your business is really actually draining you, then use this as an opportunity to start creating some shifts, tweaking things, getting your business to a point where it fully aligns with you and is supporting you so that you're not always trying to burn yourself out to fit your business and instead your business fits you. So that's it. That's all for today's episode. Please be sure to support the podcast by downloading a few episodes and dropping a rating and review on iTunes. Please, please. And thank you. And thank you again for joining me for another episode of today's thought leader, where I'm challenging you to activate the leader within. If you want to stay in touch, all you got to do is text hashtag TTL to 1781-336-0160 to join my phone community. And yes, you will be texting directly with me. And don't forget to get on the wait list for my upcoming book, Potent Leadership. The link for that is rubyfremon.com forward slash book wait list. And finally, just connect with me on social media. Let me know you're around and feel free to share your biggest insights with me. My handle is at I am Ruby and you will find me on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you check back on Monday for a brand new episode of today's thought leader. Thank you leaders.